Hi, my name is JJ Holly. I'm the president and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber of Commerce, and welcome to another episode of Between the Trees. Would like to thank our production sponsor, Woodlands Online, for putting us on air every week. And today I have the distinct pleasure of welcoming State Senator Brandon Creighton. JJ, so, how's it going? It's going good. good. Welcome to the studio. Good. good to be here. It's a good thing there's, you know, kind of boring world. Nothing's really going on. We're just sitting around twiddling our thumbs. Uh, just a couple of hurricanes and a pandemic. That's all we yeah. need. Yeah. We're battle tested. We can <sighs> handle it. And we can. And I like yeah. to you say that because yeah. you need some optimism at a, at a time like this. Yeah. 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 Always. Well, let's start off. Uh, I'd like to just uh, understand a little bit about your history and how you got to be involved in the Texas State Senate. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I get questions all the time about, uh, you know, first, how did you get involved in politics? Yeah. And, and why would you want to get and, involved and, in politics? And then the next question is, <laughs> you know, why would you ever want to do that? You know, put yourself through that. So the, and they're both very, very fair questions, mm -hmm. you know, um, and, and I, but I enjoy them. You know, yeah. the uh, as far as getting involved in politics, uh, I was raised uh, to be very uh, involved in local politics. You know, mm -hmm. I remember being... Uh, in downtown Conroe <clears throat> on the courthouse steps when uh, early voting returns would come out for sheriff, you know, when I was a little kid or county judge or, uh, you know, district judge, any of the, the offices yeah. here locally, my mother was very involved. She yeah, your family's been in Montgomery County a long, long time. Long time. Yeah. Many yeah. generations. And so, um, you know, I, I developed an interest early, but... Mm -hmm. uh, I ended up working uh, my way through college in Austin at the University of Texas at the, at the Capitol, but it wasn't really, uh, it was a job for me. It, it, mm -hmm. it was not because I thought one day I would be mm -hmm. running for political office. I, I wasn't, you know, yeah. student body president or uh, working in politics uh, on campus at, uh -huh. at Texas, but uh, it, I, I definitely, you know, developed a a passion for it and uh, my heart and mind was in the state issues mm -hmm. so I was very interested in that and, and uh, went on to law school from there uh, at, you know and uh, worked for the Attorney General uh, for Texas and then also for Oklahoma after mm -hmm. I worked in the Capitol for the Senate and wrote briefs for the uh, Oklahoma Attorney General and uh, Drew Edmondson at the Capitol there and I attended law school in Oklahoma Oh, okay. uh, after, you know, after my undergrad in Austin. Mm -hmm. And uh, and from there, I, I came back to Conroe and started a law practice and started a family and got mm -hmm. involved in the local Republican Party. And uh, I ran for office, ran for state representative, and I lost my first race, which yeah. is very healthy for any elected official. That's true. To understand rejection and what mm -hmm. it takes to, to earn. It's not for the faint of heart, it's, that's for sure. It's, it's not. It's not. And you're a glutton for punishment if you go back for more, for that's sure. True. So I ended up running again four years later, and uh, the voters said yes that time, mm -hmm. and um, served uh, eight years in the House, and then ran for Senate mm -hmm. in 2014. Well, and I want to say thank you for uh, running, for sticking your neck out. Yeah. It, it's not easy being an elected official, especially in today's day and time. And for someone to do that, it takes, uh, it takes a strong will, strong spine. And we appreciate all you do for us in Montgomery County. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And I, I love the opportunity to serve. It's a privilege every day. Mm -hmm. You have to earn it every day. Yeah. And uh, back to those original two questions, you know, uh, I... You know, I, I ran for office because I was tired of complaining. Mm. That's the answer. Mm -hmm. uh, my dad always taught me to to not wait on anyone to do it, to do it yourself. 
That's right. And uh, if you don't, uh, or if you don't get involved in some way, it doesn't take running for office to get involved. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, you know, I, I pursued that route. And if it wouldn't have worked out, I would have still stayed uh, very much involved because, as you and I both know, uh, the intersection between government and business is uh, is absolute. You know, That's right. and for anyone in business that doesn't know that they're really not doing well in business uh, mm -hmm. because it's it's irrefutable that you have to understand mm -hmm. you need to keep government limited mm -hmm. uh, and you put it in check and your your political figures your elected officials you have to constantly ask questions of them and make them earn mm -hmm. uh, w what they're doing on a daily basis for you yeah and uh, and and uh, and we're we've seen a lot of that conversation through the pandemic on mm -hmm. what what is the government's role in restricting uh, freedoms and liberties, tying the hands of business uh, in certain categories and personal, mm -hmm. you know, personal responsibility as well. On the other yeah. side of it, you know, it, it's I've had a lot of conversations with CEOs about that through this stretch of time. And, and I'm glad to hear you say that there's a uh, there's got to be a working uh, relationship and partnership between government and business because business has a role and government has a role and it's always best whenever they don't cross. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about your your Senate district because you you have a pretty large area. Yes. Uh, so uh, we represent uh, a little over four hundred thousand more Texans than. Uh, the congressional district. So our, our districts have over a million mm -hmm. in population. There's 31 uh, Texas state Senate districts, and I represent the North Houston suburbs, uh, in Montgomery County, mm -hmm. uh, around the east side, uh, through Kingwood and Humble, uh, mm -hmm. traveling and continued around the east side of Houston to part of Galveston County at Bolivar, mm -hmm. and then uh, from there to the Louisiana border. Uh, so wow. all of you spent a lot of time on the road then. Yeah, a lot of time. Most of Montgomery County, northeast part of Harris, uh, part of Galveston, all of Chambers, and all of Jefferson counties. Wow. Very busy uh, covering a lot of ground and making sure that all of those communities feel equally mm -hmm. served, and our team does a good job with that. Well, and, and speaking of uh, you know, Golden Triangle, we have this little storm that's uh, bearing down on, uh, mm -hmm. on the state line between Louisiana and Texas. Sure. Uh, what kind of preparations are you seeing that are being made? And I'm sure you get a lot of questions, a lot of discussions about how to be best prepared and what's the storm going to do and what's the latest that you're hearing on that? Yeah, you know, it is, um, it, you and I were talking a little bit before we started, but we, it, it's, it's, without a doubt, we are battle tested in mm -hmm. Southeast Texas with hurricanes and storms and storm recovery. Uh, we certainly weren't prepared for a pandemic. So you, you throw mm -hmm. all of that in together and uh, you know, they're challenging times for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, we had uh, so much uh, prosperity and such a strong economy going up until March and we're working hard to rebuild and recover through that. So you worry about uh, hurricane season and another storm approaching because we're three years removed from Harvey mm -hmm. as we've worked hard to recover and still from, some from it. You know. recovery left with Harvey. Very much so. It takes a long time to recover from one of those big storms. Uh, it can take a decade or more, and we're still, we, we know that from Katrina and Rita and storm, storms from the past. So mm -hmm. I, I think that uh, our county judges are very prepared. They're very... Um, 
our county uh, emergency operations centers and our mayors, uh, all of our local elected officials mm -hmm. are doing a great job. Um, our township leadership, mm -hmm. uh, everyone is, uh, is working together, local, state, mm -hmm. and federal, to be ready and prepared. Now, Oh, and power companies, gas companies, utilities, all that. Uh, no doubt. You know, we all it. remember being down for days and days and days on electricity from Harvey. Yes. I'm yeah. sorry, from Ike, actually. From Ike, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that was tough. Uh, and and those, that was a long stretch of days that we were down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, our utility companies are very prepared with contracts here and out of state that will come mm -hmm. in if needed, if, the, if it's... Uh, the kind of wind event that we're expecting uh, and the trees are down and transmission's mm -hmm. down and we, we have to respond quickly to make sure everyone's up and running as fast as possible. But yeah. it's, uh, we've, we're kind of uh, through the modeling stage and the guessing game. Mm -hmm. I, I know that uh, for the part of my district that is Beaumont, Port Arthur, over mm -hmm. to Chambers and really uh, over to Bolivar that I also represent, uh, they're really, if they're not evacuated, they're, they're bracing for, for impact in a very serious way. And then you what, have... What are the latest storm surge numbers that we're looking at that'll... Well, 13 to 15 wow. feet uh, in, in some areas. And mm -hmm. then we just have to, to, to find out, you know, we've talked about it being a wind event. We have to talk mm -hmm. on the other end about what kind of rainfall we're going to see. Mm -hmm. And from the cone, it's about 45 miles east and west uh, for the severity of the, of the storm itself. And that reach, depending on exactly where the impact is, uh, will be very close to 45. That's the other piece of this. It's all a guessing game until it comes through. Yeah. Because it all depends on where the rain falls and how much falls uh, about who's going to be impacted. Sure. And it's uh, Category 3 now, but mm -hmm. uh, based on... Uh, some of the patterns and, and some of the changes, it could be category four by the time it hits land if it's up to 130 miles an hour. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's serious. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's why we've seen the evacuations that we've seen from, from Bolivar to Port Arthur over the last 24 hours. And it's important to heed those warnings and get prepared and get to high ground if, you, if it's at all possible. Yes. To evacuate. So we've spent uh, a good part of the the late winter and early spring until now into the late summer and uh, approaching early fall talking about being safe mm -hmm. from a health perspective and uh, and certainly for uh, storm preparation. And we've been talking about hurricane season for months. So mm -hmm. I, I know that if you've lived around here for any period of time that you're watching the calendar and we're very uh, aware of what we're up against. So yeah. at, at a certain point, you've prepared all you can and you have to brace for impact and mm -hmm. then work, work through the aftermath. And then get recovered as quickly yeah, as possible. that's right. And we, are, we already have disaster declarations in all the affected counties, so those are ready to go. Yes, state and federal. So mm -hmm. uh, FEMA is working closely uh, with the governor's office and, and I'm uh, very dialed in uh, to that team as well mm -hmm. with Chief Nim Kidd and, mm -hmm. and emergency operations for the state. And Why is that important to have that declaration? Because some people look at that and go, well, the storm hasn't even hit, but we're declaring it an, an emergency. Sure. Yeah. Uh, for uh, the federal declaration, it's important because for federal dollars to be deployed, resources to be deployed, uh, all of that federal assistance in that mm -hmm. network, that declaration has to be in place. 
and then usually there's a mirror uh, uh, or a reaction with the, the state following closely behind or if the state is on the lead either way in sequence they tie together mm -hmm. to make sure that state and federal resources can deploy to the local level for preparation yeah yeah well uh, switching gears a little bit from uh, hurricane laura what do you see on the horizon for uh, well number one how's the legislature going to work in austin in yeah. the spring with the pandemic and then what things do you see on the agenda that we should be keep an eye on as far as priorities go? Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's somewhat of a guessing game still because of mm -hmm. the, 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 the precautions we're taking to make sure everybody certainly uh, remains safe. But on the other end of it, just like your chamber members, business has to go forward. And the business of the state of Texas is uh, extremely important to make sure the, the, the budget is accomplished yeah, in uh, the sequence that it needs to be. It's the only bill we have to pass. If there's 7,000 bills filed, mm -hmm. the budget is the only bill that we have to pass. And it's a $250 billion two-year budget mm -hmm. that provides for, you know, essential services for the state and uh, in all categories from education to health care to public safety, mm -hmm. uh, criminal justice, transportation, and that includes highways, rail, ports, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, you know uh, airports, all of the mm -hmm. uh, funding that's required uh, that goes uh, all these different directions to make sure that we have the next two years covered, January mm -hmm. to May, will be for that purpose. And we're just, we may have limited public hearings. Uh, public testimony and writing is going to be very, very important because mm -hmm. we'll have less witnesses in the Capitol. Uh, but, you know, we're doing a great job at winning this battle against COVID-19. We're mm -hmm. seeing hospitalization numbers down. The survival rate uh, continues to climb. Uh, what, you know, it, it was at 99%, now it's higher. Uh, we're, we're doing what we need to be doing at all levels to make sure that we're prepared until we have a vaccine. Yeah. But uh, for day-to-day -day business, we've got to make sure the bills flow, the public is heard, and we get the business done. I think that's the uh, when when the pandemic first hit in March or so, I think a lot of people decided that or thought, well, let me pull back for a few weeks and then this will go away almost like a hurricane. It'll be temporary. It'll come in. It'll be a storm. It will go. And then we can get back to business as usual. Sure. And I don't use the term new normal, but we can't stay hunkered down forever that businesses, uh, people need to get out in a responsible, safe way. Like, you know, we're keeping our distance today, yeah. but it's got to be done in a way that uh, we can still have an economy. Uh, without a doubt. I mean, some people talk in terms of weeks for business recovery. I look at it in hours. If mm. we have restrictions in place that keep schools closed, businesses, their hands tied, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, the public uh, generally scared to go out, that is a uh, devastating impact on consumer confidence, which in turn, you know, it cripples mm -hmm. uh, our, our businesses, small businesses to large. Yeah. So uh, we have to get the word out that we're doing a really good job, a successful job at managing coronavirus. Mm -hmm. And that there's all of these other categories under unemployment that are devastating in some respects, uh, lethal Mm -hmm. to the public that we're not talking about. And someone has to speak 
for 30 million Texans that don't have coronavirus, right? Uh, And all of those business owners that are really uh, on the ropes uh, Mm -hmm. trying to make ends meet to get through this stretch. And again, it's every hour. It's not, it's not a, uh, it's not a conversation about weeks or months. No. And we know that our, uh, uh, our state budget is going to be challenged because it relies a lot on uh, sales tax, property yes. taxes, things yes. like that. So what are, what are you seeing right now as far as the, the, the drop-off? Uh, you know, if, if families and businesses have less revenue, uh, then it's only fitting that government should. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a direct uh, a corollary on the math because sales tax, tax receipts being down Collections mm-hmm. being down, uh, I think the comptroller estimates that we're 4.6 billion off of our revenue estimate, and really by the end of September, I think that that number will grow as we see mm-hmm. more of this impact and the way the coffers for local and state government are affected. So, what do we do from there? You know, mm-hmm. we balance our budget in Texas. So, unlike many other states, mm-hmm. certainly unlike the feds that really haven't had a real budget. Uh, presented and passed since 2001, Mm. Uh, we balance our budget and uh, we make sure that, you know, uh, our efforts reflect exactly what Texans, you know, are going through at Mm. the breakfast table when they're balancing their checkbook. Mm. So in order to do so, the largest budget drivers are education and health care. That's over 80% of our state budget expenditures and Mm. We're going to have a painful session on that end. We have some federal money coming in that we didn't uh, after the subprime crash and what people call the Great Recession mm-hmm. after 08 and 09. Mm-hmm. So that's going to lessen the impact somewhat, uh, in, especially in categories related to education. And I chair the Higher Education uh, mm-hmm. Committee in the Senate, so very dialed into the university funding and exactly what it takes to keep our workforce strong. Thanks, by the way, for your efforts in helping Sam Houston State and the College of Osteopathic Medicine that was just, uh, just uh, had the ribbon cut just uh, last week. Yes, no, very proud of of Sam Houston State having a Mm -hmm. new medical school uh, Mm -hmm. built in uh, in a new community in Conroe, right on I-45, and Mm -hmm. uh, Representative Metcalf Metcalf and I, and, Mm -hmm. and Metcalf is an alum, Mm-hmm. But we work together on that. Y'all don't hold that against each other. We don't. You've been a Longhorn and <laughs> no, a Bearcat. No, no. Uh, my colors are a different color orange. <laughs> um, but y- you know, we work together uh, because it's it was time, and uh, yeah. certainly Sam Houston was stepping up to uh, fill the need for uh, gaps and, and voids in rural he- health care, especially. And mm-hmm. a lot of these new doctors will be deployed. Uh, to uh, all areas of the state, mm-hmm. but very focused on needs in, in rural Texas. Yeah. And so um, Will and I were very proud to do that, and we accomplished all of it with no state tax dollars needed. Mm. So that's very unusual. So Well, and it, it's, it's highly competitive to build a, 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 a school like that. Yes. And uh, I think it's a testament to how effective you and Will both are. In Austin, it's so, a, thank you. Yep, yeah, I appreciate that. And, w- and when you mentioned the competitiveness, it, mm-hmm. it is tremendous how much competition there is among the universities mm-hmm. and how uh, they defend their territories. Let's mm-hmm. say in ways that 
many times block new higher education opportunities uh, that mm -hmm. universities come up with a certain model or an idea. Mm -hmm. uh, other competitive universities, let's say, whether it's UT uh, having the, at the Med Center or Baylor mm -hmm. or Texas Tech, uh, you, you know, <clears throat> uh, we saw it with the competition for A&M to get a law school That's right. years ago, and those first efforts were blocked, and then they ended up purchasing Texas Wesleyan in Fort Worth. But mm -hmm. Representative Metcalf and I were determined to make it happen, and we, we got through the Higher Education Coordinating Board on it mm -hmm. through the legislature, and now it's now, well, and, now and it's all, a reality. It yeah. is, and, yeah. and it's great to see that uh, you know we're going to see benefits of that college very, very soon. And then Lone Star has a Bachelor of Nursing program as well, and they're yeah. a two-year university, but they have a four-year nursing program. And I mean, it would be very difficult to argue uh, that we don't need more healthcare workers. Without a doubt. And I worked on that effort as well for yeah. Lone Star, and uh, Steve Head is, and his team, they're always... Mm -hmm. Uh, just the best around and uh, a force to reckon with. So I have a lot of respect for them and what they're mm -hmm. doing, what they're accomplishing on behalf of students. I took classes there. Mm -hmm. I studied for the bar in one of his libraries. Uh, Is that right? It, it's just uh, what Lone Star College offers to our community and our mm -hmm. region is tremendous. It, it really is. It's yeah. it's uh, it, it's it's kind of the mortar in our bricks. Yeah. Uh, you know all the different. Uh, all the different programs and uh, certifications, not just even prepping to go to a four-year university, mm -hmm. but how they help the business community fill the training gaps that, that are there. And the, the feedback from the business community on the, the, how well uh, you know, students coming out of Lone Star are mm -hmm. prepared to join the workforce is mm -hmm. extremely impressive. And I was at San Jacinto College working with them on a partnership that they have with Lyndell Bissell mm -hmm. uh, to build laboratories and classrooms and uh, buildings on campus to uh, keep uh, adult learners uh, you know, sort of moving through the education process, mm -hmm. getting credentialed, uh, you know, learning new skills and going back into the workforce. And it's, it's just what those examples from Lone Star to San Jack to others mm -hmm. in the region it's why, you know, the Texas workforce continues to show the rest of the country, you know, what it's all about. And mm -hmm. higher education is the key to that. So, That's true. Yeah. And, and Texas has been uh, uh, ranked again and is consistently ranked as the best state in the country to do business and the Houston area is the best place to live, particularly the Woodlands. So yeah, that's that's right. Uh, you do a great job for your members and your team uh, thank you. is excellent. And uh I just I want to emphasize to your members how important it is to continue to stay involved mm -hmm. and to advocate uh, at, here and at the Capitol for policies that make sense for business yeah. and uh, and to not be quiet about it. You know, business owners speaking up on behalf of, of uh, as entrepreneurs and on behalf of all the employees and that employee family that they continue to act, to advocate for and provide opportunity for, mm -hmm. it is a, a game changer. And uh, speaking out and keeping that common sense, you mm -hmm. know, highway flowing is very important for our folks in government. To common sense to being it. the key term. Common sense being the key <laughs> term, right? We we often see a death of common sense in government, yeah. and uh, and we all know that. But in Texas, we have a different outcome than. Then the feds, we actually get things done. We, mm -hmm. We've maintained uh, a very good playbook for 
uh, business success. Mm -hmm. You know, um, we've made it almost impossible to pass a state income tax. We keep regulatory reform uh, reasonable so that business is allowed to go forward. We balance our budget. Mm -hmm. uh, we have uh, become a model for tort reform in, uh, across the nation where if you're going to bring a, a meritless claim for extortion purposes against a business, you better think twice mm -hmm. in Texas. Uh, a lot of these categories, other states are modeling mm -hmm. us in Texas, and, uh, and the reason why we've gotten these things passed is because of advocacy like yours and your members, and I just want to thank you for that. Well, thank you, yeah. and and yeah. we uh, we take that role very seriously, and we take a. In fact, we're at the tail end of creating our chamber's legislative priorities, Good. and we'll get that passed by the board, and, and they'll get their vote on it, and then we will bring that to you and uh, our entire state delegation. But we don't just lay it at your feet. Yeah, uh, we we. Uh, bring it to you, but then we ask how we can help you get it done. Yes. So yeah. I think that, that collaboration is really crucial. Yes, and, and you've always done a great job at that. Your members are excellent mm -hmm. uh, on the same. Uh, you're very pre uh, visible in the Capitol, and we have our Montgomery County Day, but really beyond that, mm -hmm. uh, all through the session, it's important for our legislators to have that kind of backup. And uh, everyone around the state talks about it, especially mm -hmm. the representatives and senators there, they notice it, and it, it helps us to be persuasive, to be convincing, to show that it's mm -hmm. a need, not just a and people a, care, a want, and, and they're people, interested. And people care, it resonates. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. appreciate that. Well, thank you again for yeah. being here and all the work that you do. Anything you want to say to wrap us up? No, just uh, be prepared for the storm, and uh, we're we're uh, we're certainly uh, you know winning this battle against COVID nineteen. Continue to be safe and follow CDC guidelines and. If you're health risk vulnerable, uh, take a extra precautions, but uh, we're in this together. You've got a lot of good people working uh, on this on your behalf and continue to give our office your opinions. Well, thank you again for all yeah. you do for us in Montgomery County Thanks, and JT. the entire district. Appreciate that. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Between the Trees. I'm J.J. Holly. I'm president and CEO of the Woodlands Area Chamber. And would also like to thank Woodlands Online, our production partner in this program. And We'll see you at the next episode. Have a good day. Stay safe.